0: want to continue what we've been looking at um, in from last week we've been vision casting and so I want us to continue to do that if you have your Bible's turn to John chapter 15. We're going to look at John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 20, but I want us to just look at these two verses first of all. John chapter 15, verse 8, and also verse 16. John chapter 15, verse 8, and also verse 16. Verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. So we are teaching within the context of vision casting. In other words, what we are trying to do throughout this month is to get you to see what God is saying to us as a church for the year. And we believe that this year the Lord is emphasizing to us to pursue a vision of discipleship, a vision of discipleship. If you've been in this church for a while, you will know that we are very big on discipleship. So the question is what is a disciple? A disciple simply is somebody who is a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about being disciples of Jesus. So you can be a born-again believer and not be a disciple. You can be going to heaven and not be a disciple. You can be saved and not be a disciple. And um, discipleship is a choice. Discipleship is something you choose to do. You can have a title that you are a disciple, but it is your lifestyle that demonstrates whether you are a disciple or not. And last week we spoke about the call to discipleship. In other words, the reality or the invitation that our Lord Jesus makes to all his believers to become his disciples. In one place he said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, this was spoken to those who believed on him. And when you read that narrative, you discover that after the Lord said this about discipleship, the people, and he began to talk to them about discipleship, the people who believed in him took up stones to stone him. (laughs) Because when you begin to talk about being a disciplined follower of Jesus, you will touch on things that are not tasteful to the flesh. So we are very big on discipleship and we believe that this year for us is a vision, is pursuing a vision of discipleship. And uh, three key things that we emphasize and we'll, we'll keep saying throughout this month is this. For us, a vision of discipleship means that we embrace the vision of God for our lives as disciples of Christ in this specific season of our lives. So we embrace what God wants us to do this year within the context of being his disciples. So if God wants you to study as a a student of law, then study as a student of law as a disciple of Jesus. If God wants you to look after your children in the home, then bring them up or bring up your children as a disciple of Jesus. And I tell you, it's very hard to do. If you've been a parent for a while, you know. How many of you parents can say amen to that? Amen. Hmm. It's not easy. Because sometimes you just want to allow your flesh to manifest to the glory of yourself. (laughs) So we believe, first of all, pursuing discipleship is that we embrace the vision of God for our lives as disciples of Christ in our specific context. And the question I asked you is, do you desire this thing for yourself this year? Is this something that you want, that you want to embrace the vision to be a disciple of Jesus in 2016 within the context you find yourself? And then the second thing for us pursuing a vision of discipleship means is the vision of God for us as a local church. In other words, what does the Lord want us to do as a church that demonstrates that we corporately represent our Lord Jesus, that we are his disciples? And then the third thing is embracing the vision of God for the body of Christ. In other words, what does the Lord want for his church universally this year because We corporately are his disciples. And we believe that what God wants for his church this year is, one, a commitment to holiness and righteousness, and secondly, a commitment to the Great Commission to make disciples wherever we find ourselves. So, as a church, what we are saying is that this year we want to focus on three key areas. One, we want to focus on ensuring that every member of our church is being discipled on their level of maturity through a program we have called Membership Discipleship Program. And basically what that program is that from when a person comes into a church or comes to a knowledge of Jesus to when they mature and no longer need to be a member of our church because the Lord wants them to go and do something else somewhere, we facilitate for them at different stages of their development. So we have New Believers Course for new believers. We have New Members Course for those who want to be members of our church. Now you can do the New Believers Course without being a member of our church. But the New Members Course is for those interested to become members of this church. And it teaches you what membership of a church is and what it really means. Then we have what we call Spiritual Maturity Course. This is to help you to develop as a Christian with basic habits that helps you to mature. Then we have what we call ministry orientation course for church workers. This is for those of us who want to be able to serve in the house, in the church family that we're in. Then we have a leadership orientation course for those who believe and desire to be leaders. Now, we'll talk more about that next week. And then we have what we call a ministry. Material training course for those people who want to embrace the vision of God for their lives in terms of impacting the church and impacting their world. And then we have what we call ordination, where we ordain, formally recognize an individual as a minister of the gospel. And in that context, that person can start a church, that person can leave our church and go and join another church, that person can start your own ministry, etc., etc. So these are the seven stages that we as a church are committed to. And whatever level of development you find yourself in, I want to encourage you, if you're a member of this church, to plug in to our discipleship program because it is our commitment to you to help you to be more like Jesus. And then the second thing we're focusing on throughout this year is the cell groups say cell groups now it's not a prison so when we say cell groups we're not talking about prison it's uh, it's small groups you know like uh, the body has cells you know cells you know where the cell is anyone know where the cell is in your body so it's built around that concept where cells grow they multiply in order for the body to be healthy and strong and so we have s- cell groups which are basically small groups that meet in various locations in the city. And we want every member to be committed to a cell group. We want every member to be plugged in. You might say, why? One of the reasons is in order for you to get proper pastoral care. You see, some of you sometimes are unable to come to church. And because you're not really plugged in, Um, not because you're a bad person or anything like that, but because you're not really plugged in. Sometimes we just don't realize you're not here. It's not because we don't love you. It's not because we don't care about you. It's because we are limited as human beings. So our knowledge base is limited. As a pastor, sometimes I'll see some of you and I'll say to you, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. And you reply, well, I've seen you every week. And uh, I say, I didn't say you didn't come to church because then I realized I've made a mistake, so I have to kind of look good, you know. I I wasn't saying you haven't come to church. I'm just saying I haven't seen you. But if you were plugged in a cell group, even if I haven't seen you, or if you haven't been able to come to church, or I can't come and visit you, somebody who you are in fellowship with can visit you. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes you might need prayer, sometimes you might need counsel, and that's what the cell groups are for. Not just that, but we'll talk more about that another time. And then another commitment we have, is that each one of our members is committed to discipling someone this year. Say to your neighbor, you should disciple someone. I heard it more from this side, not that side. Why, what's wrong? Is it something a bit... So let's say it again. Say to somebody, you should disciple someone. (laughs) Yeah. You can say it all you like. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So... We're not forcing anybody to do this, but we want to encourage that process. Because as we're going to learn today, there is a call on our lives as believers. And so what we're going to talk about now is the call to fruitfulness. The call to fruitfulness. This is an invitation by our Lord Jesus to everyone who is his believer, who is a part of his body, to be fruitful. So the scriptures we looked at in John chapter 15, verse 8 says, By this my my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So what is the kind of fruit? Again, if you were here last year, we're kind of repeating some of the things, but you bear with us. Um, you will know that the fruit is in reference to other disciples. Proverbs 11:30 30 tells us that the fruit of the righteous or the produce of a righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. So the righteous person produces a tree of life by winning souls and demonstrating their wisdom. And Then we also look at Isaiah 63, 61 verse 3, talking about the ministry of our Lord Jesus. And one of the things that he was assigned to do was to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, so that they may be called trees of righteousness, The planting of the Lord. Why? That he may be glorified. Our Lord says, by this my father is glorified when you bear much fruit. And his messianic ministry was to equip the people of God or to minister to the people of God in such a way that they become trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and they glorify him. And how do we glorify him? By bearing the fruit of discipleship or bearing much fruit, not just a fruit, much fruit. Say abundant fruit. All right, now, all the fruit that is born in the life of a believer culminates or really adds up to produce other disciples through that individual. The reason why I'm saying this is this, because some people, when they read John 15, they say the fruit is answered prayer, or the fruit is, can be the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of a, a good life, or the fruit of how you use your abilities. But I submit to you that whether it is the fruit of our lips, which is praise, or the fruit of our mind, or the fruit of answered prayer, or the fruit of our abilities, or the fruit of the Spirit expressed through our personality, Whatever fruit it is the end result is that Christ is produced through us Christ is produced in us and through us into the lives of others so when you look at the grand scheme of God it's all about summing up everything in our Lord Jesus Christ he is the standard he is the standard that God is going to use to judge humanity he is the standard that God uses to create. In the age to come, everything centers around Christ. So for us as believers, we need to understand that the fruit that he's looking for is what is produced through us to help others come to a saving knowledge of Jesus and become more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight twenty nine says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 also speak of this same reality, that all things are summed up in our Lord Jesus. Beloved, it takes a disciple of Christ to bear the fruit of another disciple. Why am I saying this? Because it is not enough. For us, let's say, to invite someone to come to church or even to lead someone to Christ, but then the testimony of our lives does not exonerate Christ. Bringing someone to church is good. Helping someone to know Jesus is even better. But what is hardest is to reveal Christ to others so that they become like Christ because of your life. At times... Believers, sadly, have a very bad testimony before unbelievers. We profess religion. We profess a faith. But our life contradicts that profession. And then we hide under, I'm only human. You have to understand, I'm not perfect. That's an irrelevant statement because everybody knows you're not perfect. We already know you're not perfect. We're not asking you to be perfect. We're just wanting you to be consistent. Can you say amen or ouch or whichever one? The world is not looking for perfect people. But we have to be honest. We have to be transparent. You can't be talking to your girlfriend about Jesus and then after say, come on, let's, 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 let's do it. Are you still there? You, you, can't, you can't be saying to somebody, you know, tomorrow I'll be going to church, but come on, let's, let's do that. What's it, that dance that they do? Is it uh, t- twerking? <laughs> should, I, should I try it? Uh-huh. <laughs> or, 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 you know, you talk about, you, talk about you, know, you know, as for me, I believe in God. Me, I, I'm serious about God. I'm not like a Muslim. I'm, I don't kill people. But you swear. And you lie, and you fill in the forms and put lies on the form in order to get a house or a car. You don't pay your TV license, but you like watching the thing. Are you still there? That's inconsistent with a disciple. You know, yesterday, (laughs) now let's move on. You know, when I taught on um, um, authority, Understanding Authority as a series, it really spoke to me about little things. One day I was talking to my sister Sandra, and she said, boy, your message has really impacted me. And she said, it must have affected your driving then. When she said that, it was, it was something I was meditating on, on and off. But when she said, I said, yeah, which was a lie. It's, today is the first day I'm confessing, proper. I've kind of hinted it, but today is the first day of confession. It's good for the soul. I said, yeah, but I was convicted. I realized, you know what, that is absolutely true. I can't be breaking the speed limit willy-nilly anymore. I was sharing this with another man of God. And as I got there, he said, I don't want your doctrine to pollute my mind. Stop that. No, 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 I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it, I'm not hearing it. But you can't say that right now because I'm preaching. I've got the mic. <laughs> but it really spoke to me that, you know what, if I am truly a man under authority and I want to be like my Lord, then I must do what's in my power to obey the laws of the land when it comes to driving. And so my children always preferred their mother to drive the car than me. Because <laughs> they say, Dad, you're just too slow. My wife says she's got a higher revelation, so she's operating <laughs> under that. <laughs> forgive your servant, oh, Aisha. forgive your servant. Okay. Um, a disciple is... a student of our lord jesus is a follower of our lord jesus is somebody who adheres or sticks close to the lord jesus and for me more and more i want this to consume my heart by how i live and by how i serve and by what i say that I am pushing people towards the Lord Jesus. Not CLF, not Pastor Joseph, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that will be your desire as well. Amen. Now let's look at John chapter 15. And uh, I want us to look at verses 1 to 6 first of all. Please help me with the time so that I keep disciplined. John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 6. I beg your pardon. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. I'm sorry about this, guys, because I kind of didn't quite break it down for you properly. Okay, thank you very much. Sorry. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. Amen. Let's stop there. So, the fruit of other disciples can only be produced through those who are in union with Christ. And these verses highlight three types of individuals in respect to fruit. First of all, verse 2 highlights those who are a part of Jesus but remain unfruitful. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So this this verse actually gives me a problem. You know, it gives me a problem theologically, and I haven't quite figured it out. But the Lord says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He removes it. That's a very strong statement. I don't want to make any judgments about anybody or anyone. I will only apply it to myself. So this speaks to me. Because I don't want him, the Father, to take me out. So my prayer is, Lord, when I see this Lord, help me to be a branch that bears fruit. The second individual are those who abide in him but require pruning to bring forth more fruit. And the second part of verse 2 is, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So when you are in him and you are bearing fruit, he will then prune you. Now pruning is painful. If you've ever seen a vine being pruned, you see a lot of cutting, a lot of cutting things where if, if I was that vine, I would feel like I've lost a lot. So pruning involves some kind of loss. Some kind of loss. Recently, just the other day in November, the Lord put me through a very short process of pruning. And uh, we're feeling the after effects of it. And uh, one of the things that he, he spoke to me about was the way I serve CLF, and he said, you need to be dead. This was what the Spirit said, you need to be dead to CLF, and as I was, first of all, I was stunned by that word, because I I thought, what are you saying? I'm already sick. I feel like I'm dying. You suggest, and so I actually asked him, and he said no, but he didn't tell me what it meant at the time, and then later on, he made me understand. By I needing to be dead, Joseph needs to die so that Christ can be seen. And there's still a lot of Joseph that comes out. Just this morning, where is Andrew? Andrew, Bova. Yeah, a little bit of Joseph came out just then when I saw the chairs and I was just irritated and I said to him, ah, every time ah, the chairs is like this. So he, Jesus was in him. So the Jesus in him just said, sir, there's only so many chairs, and this is why we've had to do it like this. So there's another phrase, which is shame. I felt shame. So in my shamefacedness, I said, okay, 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 okay. Then uh, the spirit, uh uh-uh, go back. Uh, I'm sorry for how I said that. (laughs) So that's Joseph, that's Joseph. I wonder what Olu's like. <laughs> oh Frida, we just laughed just now. They see again, this is kind of Joseph-y. <laughs> but it's not easy to be dead. Say to your neighbor, it's not easy to die. Not every time you see someone is dead in your dreams, it's a bad thing, <laughs> especially if it's you. <laughs> Are you still here? So, those who abide in him but require pruning. It's the second individual highlighted. And then the third one is, those who do not abide in him and must be removed from the vine. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. What a strange verse. Now, somebody will say, is the same individual as the one that doesn't bear fruit. Fine, that's if you see it like that, that's fine, but I don't. Anyone who does not abide in me. It's a very strange verse. Again, it appears that in the kingdom or and the church is part of the kingdom. So let's say in the church. It appears that you can be in the church but not be in Jesus. Is that right? Of course it is. You can be a member of CLF and not be in Jesus. Yeah. And he says, such an individual is removed. The Father takes them out. So I am now more and more learning to be relaxed. Now please do not misunderstand what I'm about to say because this can be totally misconstrued. I've learned to be relaxed. If somebody says, I no longer want to be a member of your church, You know, I don't believe in your ministry. I'm not talking about where people are moving on. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about where somebody has a bad spirit. They no longer want to be a member of the church. You've done everything. Or even a member who gets offended, even though you're trying your best to help them, I'm no longer so wound up by it. Because maybe the Father is doing something that I have no idea about. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not God. All I can do and all you can do is learn to follow his leadership over your life. I'm not suggesting for one moment, please don't misunderstand me, that people who leave our church, the Father's taking them out, or that they have a bad spirit, there are people who will leave our church because that is the plan of the Father for their life. I am not suggesting that. Are you hearing me? So don't misunderstand me. But what I am saying, even including myself, I can come to a place where the Father can take me out of CLF because I'm not at a place where he thinks I need to be. That's just how it is. So what I'm trying to say to you is that these are the three individuals highlighted here. Those who are part of the Lord, but remain unfruitful. Those who abide in him and are bearing fruit and need pruning. And those who do not abide in him and must be removed. I want us to pause at this point. I want us to pray. I haven't finished teaching at all, but I want us to pray. I want you to think about yourself. Which one are you? And which one do you want to be? Are you the individual that is a part of him but remains unfruitful? Are you the individual that is a part of him and is bearing fruit but needs pruning? Or are you in the pruning process right now? Or are you an individual that is part of the church but you're not in Jesus why don't you just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and make a decision that helps your life shall we pray I want to pray for anybody and I pray with anybody right now who says Lord I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. I don't think I'm bearing fruit. Now, this is not for everyone. This is for specific individuals. I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. When I look at my life, I do not believe I'm bearing fruit. I believe I'm part of you. I believe that I want to be serving you but I am not bearing fruit and I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. I want to pray with you right now. If that is you, stand where you are, lift up your two hands, and I'll pray grace over your life to be a fruit-bearing believer. Whatever that means for you, as you stand, lift up your hands, close your eyes and just talk to the Lord Jesus. Just tell him. Tell him exactly what you are saying to him, Lord, I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. Whatever level, whatever area I'm at right now, this is my prayer. I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. I don't believe I'm bearing the kind of, I'm bearing fruit at this stage, and I want to be a fruit-bearing believer. Please just stand quickly, and we'll pray with you right now. Father, as these ones are standing, let your grace rest upon them. Lord, you know their hearts. You know why they are standing. I don't. I don't even want to know, Lord. But you know. And I ask for your grace to rest upon their lives. That Father, as they respond to the Holy Spirit, they will bear the kind of fruit that you have called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. So, there is a need for all of us to bear fruit continuously from the verses we have just read. It is clear because I don't think anyone here in their right mind will say, I want the Father to take me out or I want to be thrown into the fire to be burnt." Now, two categories of people there, but we won't go into it because of time. So there is a need for us to bear fruit continuously. John chapter 15 verse 5 that we read, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. It's a very interesting verse. He that abides in me. So there is something that I will do to abide in him and I in them. So I may seek to abide in him but he also needs to abide in me. It's a very interesting thing. In other words, I could make the decision to abide in him, but he makes a decision not to abide in me. You say, what? Isn't it the same? No, it's not. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures. It's not. Well, let me just, tell, just throw it out to you just right now. So I decide I'm going to abide. Yes, I've heard you, Pastor. I'm going to abide in Jesus. I'm going to do it. But then, when, after I've made the decision to abide in him, I then begin to say and do things that completely disempowers the Lord to abide in me. Maybe I go and fornicate, or I, I indulge in pornography, or I lie, or I become violent and aggressive, or whatever. So I made the commitment to abide in him, yes. But he cannot abide in me because of what I am still doing, as we're going to see. Let's talk about some of the benefits that comes when we are being fruitful. So, in fact, you know what? No, we'll not talk about that. Can we just jump because of time? Now, these are in the notes. I want us to go to the things that we do that can disempower the Lord to abide in us because of time I've only got about another um, 15 minutes so um, I just want to stick to the time properly so the things that we can do that can disempower him to abide in us and then if we have time we'll talk about the things that we can do to abide in him number one refusing to believe his word Refusing to believe his word. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 says, For indeed the gospel, the good news, was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have heard, sorry, for we who have believed do enter that rest. Now this is talking about the reality that the children of Israel did not believe Moses when he told them about the promised land, which is a type of entering into Christ. And because of that, they never entered into the promised land. So the truth here is this, that if you refuse to believe God's word, you will not get the benefits of God's word, regardless of what it is. So within the context of what we are sharing about abiding in the Lord in order to be fruitful, if we refuse to believe God's word, we will not be able to allow him to remain in us. Second point, remaining in unforgiveness disempowers the Lord. You know, we keep saying this over and over again um, in my teaching. I keep coming to this because of some individual situation, because generally, this is the reality. Unforgiveness disempowers the Lord. Like nothing else disempowers him. Mark 11:25 and 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. How many of you at times have things against someone? Man, at times, I have things against many people. And when I remember, I say, I, I don't hold the against them anymore. As I, remember, I, I just say, I say it before I feel it. Do you hear me? I say it before I feel it. You know, sometimes people say, you know, uh, um, I just can't forgive. Yeah, you're right. You, you said it. I just can't forgive. Or you can choose to say, I choose to forgive. Don't wait to f- feel that you forgive to forgive. How I many of you, at times, you feel angry about something? One of the signs of unforgiveness is anger and resentment when you, when you remember the incident and disdain. That is disdain in tongues. Hmm. He says when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So, it disempowers the Lord to remain in us, unforgiveness. Another thing is the priority of self. When you put yourself first. You know, self was epitomized in Satan, who was Lucifer. Isaiah 14, verses 13 and 14. We have the five I wills of Lucifer. He said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. Pride. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Self-promotion. I will, sit, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the north, on the further sides of the... Sorry, on the mount of the congregation on the further side of the north. Self-appointment. <laughs> I will ascend to the heights of the clouds self ascendancy, and I will be like the Most High. Self-glorification. You are your own God. You are your own boss. Being like the Most High, simply, you're your own boss. You're your own God. That's, That's what he was saying. I will be like God. I will do it my way, period. I mean, if you know that all of us, we have to resist self. Say to your neighbor, you have to resist self. Tell him, you have to resist self. I know some of you didn't do it, but you also have to resist self. Number four, fourth thing that disempowers the Lord, the lack of daily, a daily devotional life in the life of a believer, whether it's in prayer or feeding of the Word of God. It disempowers the Lord to remain in you because spending time with Him is your lifeline. Don't misunderstand God's love for you, which is unconditional, with the conditions that comes in him abiding in you. God's love for you is unconditional. God loves us. But there are things that we do that does not allow us to enjoy the love of God. If we have time, we'll look at some of the scriptures that speak of this very clearly. Colossians four two tells us to continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Continuing in the word, continuing in the word, helps you, helps the Lord to remain in you. It may sound crazy, but it does. Not being part of the church fellowship and receiving the life of it. Also, disempowers the Lord from abiding in you. Many people underestimate the role of their local church. I'm talking about born-again believers. Many born-again believers underestimate the role of their local church. I was talking to Christiana earlier on, and she was sharing with me how she was blessed by the seminar yesterday. How many of you were blessed by the seminar yesterday? It was very good, isn't it? How many of you who did it again the second time? This was... More than once, but you were still blessed. Let me see. Yeah. There was less hands, by the way. Let's just, just point that out. <laughs> but, but the point there is that I knew that anybody who came would be really blessed. But I also knew many will not come because they would have said to themselves, I've already done it. And the problem there is that whatever God had prepared for them, if the reason, the only reason why they didn't come was, I've already done it they would have lost out. Now, there are those who couldn't for legitimate reasons. Because God always prepares a banquet for his children, a spiritual banquet for his children, every week, spiritually, because he knows the nutrients they need for that week and that season of their life. So at times I'll hear someone say something like this, I don't know what it means to be a Christian, or I don't know how to lead someone to Christ, Oh, I don't understand this thing about purpose. And it's not because they haven't heard it taught. It's because they haven't been around when it's been taught. So what they needed, they didn't get. You know, Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And in another place he says, live or watch those who have watched over you, this is a paraphrase, and imitate their faith. So there are certain people that you should look at how they live their lives. And ask yourself a question, is this life worthy of emulation? And if it is, learn from them. I can tell you this now, as a member of a church, for nine years that I was a member of that church, I only missed, deliberately missed, one service. In the morning, and then afterwards, I went in the evening. Everything that my church offered, as boring as some of it may have been, I went. As a matter of principle, because of this verse, Hebrews ten twenty-five, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Our church used to have rallies on Saturday. I mean, you don't even know what that means, rally. What's that? Our church used to have youth conference, men's fellowship, this, that. I went to all of them every time. I was even in the choir. I didn't know all of that helped me to be developed. I was saying, why are you laughing? I was in the choir. I sang tenor. What do you mean? And also they graduated me to base. I don't know what they saw or heard. But all those things, and it helped me. It helped me to become, within the grace of God, what we are today. And what I'm trying to say to you is, being part of a local church is one of the ways the Lord uses to abide in you. You look at anybody who pulls themselves away from a church. And if you're honest and you look at your own self over a period of time and watch their spirituality, you will see it diminish. Anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, over a period of time. If you're honest, come come on, how many of you are going to be honest about that? It's, It's how it is. That's what God has ordained. And you find that when that happens to you, you start having a bad attitude about things. You start saying things that you shouldn't say. You start, after a while, it's the church. There is no love in the church. The church does not care. How many of you have ever said that before? Come on. Look, we've all thought it. How many of you have ever thought it before? At least once. So sometimes when I hear that, I say, so who, you mean the church? Yes, the church. So I say, so I'm included. No, you are okay. So Aisha, no, Aisha is fine. You mean all? Oh no, 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 I'm not talking about the elders. Okay. So the ministers, no, the ministers, no, no, that's not the ministers. So it must be one of the leaders. No, I haven't got any problem. Ah, so we've gone from the elders, the ministers, the leaders. So by the church, you know who it is. Their friend who didn't allow them to have a lift. <laughs> that's the church. Now, I hope that's not some situation that I've just, that's in somebody's life, because I just made all of that up, all right? So, I'm, it's not perfect. Well, if it is, that's, I've just made it up. I don't know of anything like that. So, if something like that has happened, please understand, I just made it all up. I remember once, I had just finished preaching, and I saw two brothers arguing. Later on, I discovered one of them was accusing the other one. you told Pastor Joe everything, and he's just... He disgraced me in front of the whole church. He said, no, I, made, I don't have nothing. No, I don't have nothing. No, you couldn't. There's no way God have told him that. You told him. He did. So I'm just telling you, I made it all up just now. I made it all up. I'm telling you. Quickly. Say to your neighbor, he's talking to somebody. Another thing that disempowers the Lord from abiding in you is the corruption The corruption or the company of those who corrupt your character. The company of those who corrupt your character. We touched on this last week. There are people that when you come into association with them, they will say things and do things that defiles you. I will never forget, I've seen it happen many times in church where a person starts coming to church they enjoy the church. They think, this, this is the best church ever. I mean, look at these people. Look, most of them are even black, and they come to church. Wow! Amazing! It's incredible. Then they meet you. And then you say, you see this church? So limited. All, most of them are black. Yeah, that's true, actually. Now, before... It was fant- amazing, it was a miracle. All these young black people who come to church, incredible. Now, hmm, what comes is only black people? Or, you know, the preacher, he's so down to earth, look at him, he doesn't even wear a, a dog collar. Then they talk to you, ah, you see this man, he's not serious, he doesn't even wear a dog collar. If he was serious about the ministry, he would have a, a proper dog collar. Look at him wearing some jumper. One day he's wearing a jumper. Another day he's wearing jeans. Did you even see him watching that? He was wearing jeans and watching that. I mean, what kind of man of God is this? I'm used to men of God who are in suits, smart. They know where they are about. They know where they're going. You know, this church is amazing. They don't have their own building. But they come early and they set up. And then they meet you, this church. Every year, we are getting a building, we are getting a building. We are getting a building every year. Look, I don't, I don't know if the Holy Ghost is even here anymore. I don't know. Ten years ago, I was coming to this church and they just said this. I left, I came back. They still haven't got their building. They're not serious. They're not serious. <laughs> I'm telling you, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Yeah. The company you keep. So be careful. First Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Don't be deceived. Don't let it deceive you. So you have to be vigilant because it will disempower the Lord abiding you. And finally, the unwillingness to serve others with his life and his word will disempower him One of the, from abiding you. One of the things that has helped me so much to live a holy life to grow in my knowledge of the Word, to grow in spirit, is being willing to serve people with the Word of God and with the life of Jesus as a leader, as a believer. And I'm telling you this, if you are serious about growing in the Lord, make yourself available. You meet those who will tell you, the church will burn you out. Listen, if you came to my seminar yesterday, you will understand why people get burnt out. Isn't it? Yeah. As for for the church, there's always something to do. But learn to do what God is asking of you to do. And you'll be alright.